Ben Jawalski, what's going on? John, we're going head to head in a week and two days. Is that right? Are we? Are we it's really going head to head? I don't think we're going head to head, dude. Yeah, well, in my mind, it's I'm head to head, baby. You're the only person I care about. I was joking with my coaches today about that. Actually, we were uh, we were looking at the for everyone listening. We're talking about the Wadapalooza workouts and the specifically the gauntlet, and uh, we were looking at them. And if I remember right, the fourth or the fifth workout is a thousand meter row. Ugh. And uh, I told I told Jen, I was like, there's a little part of me that wants to sandbag the first four workouts and just save it for that row and just go full effing send. Cause I got an advantage. I got long legs, long arms. I'm a pretty decent rower. You know, like you could in theory, if you just wanted to win that one, you could give it a good shot, you know? My yeah, my my strategy is simply to win the front squats against you, and then sandbag all the rest. You know. Well, you don't you don't have to work very hard to beat me at a front squat, dude. I I was joking uh, with Savannah, who's a member of your team, and said, you know, if they could have picked a movement that I did not want to show up for the strength, it was the front squat. I was pray I was praying for the snatch, like I wanted it to be some sort of snatch complex or snatch ladder and. And for everyone listening, if you aren't fully familiar with it, I know we've talked about it a couple times on the podcast, uh, but it's been a little while. And the Wadapalooza Gauntlet is basically, it's, you know, the amateur competition that you can just simply sign up for. There's no qualification process. Um, and, and they have a few different divisions. I think it's what, it's RX, or it's Elite, mm-hmm. RX, and Scaled, I think is maybe... Yeah, I don't know. Intermediate is actually what they call the medium. Okay, uh, RX, intermediate, and skilled. Um, I'm going to call it elite from now on. There you go. Um, And it's basically what it is, is they start the clock, and then it's basically an hour's worth of workouts. And I think there's, is there four different workouts or five different workouts in that hour? Well, here, we can go through them. I I have them all right here. So you basically, you have three stations, station A, station B, and station C. So station A, and you get 20 minutes per station, so it's an hour-long workout. Um, I'd be curious how you approach these, so why don't we just take them by station? So you've got uh, the first workout, you have six minutes to establish a three-rep max front squat from the rack, and then you get a one-minute transition, and then you go immediately into a nine-minute AMRAP of three hang power snatches, three overhead squats, and then 10 drag rope double unders. And it will increase by three every round, except for the double unders, which stay at 10. So it goes three, three, 10, six, six, 10, nine, nine, 10, and so on and so forth until the nine minutes is up. Sweet. How do you feel? How, how are your drag rope double unders, Ben? I've never tried one in my life. You better um, buy a drag rope, brother, because well, I need to get on that. Cause I hear, I hear it is a whole different world. So I bought one as soon as I saw that show up because it doesn't say on their on uh, the Waterpalooza page on Instagram whether all the um, all the divisions will have to do double unders, but I'm like, there's always a chance, so I'm going to buy a drag rope. And I figured even at the worst, even if um, I didn't have to do dubs, I would still have to use a, a drag rope, but I've never used one before. And so I got one. I ordered it from RX Smart Gear. They shipped that thing same day, man. I had it like in 48 hours. And, uh, I went to do a double under with it yesterday or just do double unders with it yesterday. And it was like my first time holding a jump rope. It's the hardest thing I've ever tried to do. I I didn't get a single one, not even one. It was so bad. So bad. It's like, uh, you know, the rope's a little heavier. 
it's connected to the handles. There's no spin. So you're literally just flinging this heavy rope. Oh, interesting. And, and, you know, it's not adjustable in size. It comes in small, medium, or large. So you have to kind of fit into your height. And if your hands aren't perfect, dude, that thing wobbles. Like the second you go to flip it, it's just like, just crumples. Like a, I don't know, like a old leaf or something. It was just ridiculous. Interesting. Yeah, it was horrible. I think the gym that I go to, CrossFit Cuspis, I'm pretty sure I saw a drag rope hanging from their rope area. So maybe I'll have to go test it out one day. Yeah, you need to get one, dude. It was not fun. And then I was doing them today in a workout in sets of 30s as singles. And, you know, it's heavier than your speed or quite a bit heavier than your speed rope. So by the time I'm kind of getting to my thir- – I was doing groups of 90 – but three sets of 30. And in that final set of 30, I was literally like spinning my wrist again. Like the first time I'd ever held a jump rope, like it's just so heavy and awkward. Hmm. I've done a bunch of heavy rope double unders, but uh, I'm excited to try it out. Um, Yeah. So that workout is a bit of a mystery for me because I have no idea what that rope's going to feel like, but I'll try to get my hands on them prior to the event. It would be smart. Then you get to station B. This one's, I think, really interesting. Uh, for time, 21-15-9-6-3 of D-ball cleans and lateral burpees over a hurdle. So not not box jumps. Like you're like, making an assumption you're jumping over like a literal hurdle here. Yeah. Hard to know whether it's going to be like a wall that you need to like climb over or if it's going to be something that you can like bound completely over. Um, kind of a mystery there, but yeah, it's – that sounds like some serious grunt work. I don't know how I'm going to like that workout. <laughs> yeah, time cap of 15 minutes. <laughs> Not much skill, so lots of cardio, lots of grinding. But um, yeah. I wonder, like, have they announced? I, I think they did maybe post something. But I, I don't know what the barbell weight is, and I don't know what the D-ball weight is. I don't know if that's been shared. Um, It, it has not been shared. Okay. Well, I'll have yeah. to just take a wild guess and, and maybe practice some to – because D-ball cleans, I think I've maybe done them once in my entire life, right? Like, it's just not a workout that I've – I've similar to like the uh, the ski erg from last year. Like we had a ski erg last year and I'm just like, how do we – how do I do this? Because I've never really used one similar to D-ball cleans and right. rope. So that will be – I love it. I love that they throw some unique elements in there. It's not just plain old, same old. So when I started my training for this back in late, late August, I went to – Jen and Tom and told them I need to work on the things I think might show up that we don't normally do in workouts. And D ball cleans was one of those things. So I've been doing hundred pound D ball cleans for four months now. Dang, so I'm you're, I'm, you're so dialed. You're ready. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say that I've, I know what the pain's going to feel like. I'm not going to be surprised on game day, but mm. they're hard, dude. D ball cleans are not fun. And that's a tight time cap. I did, I did this workout uh, over vacation in Mississippi, but I did, um, power cleans with a barbell mm-hmm. and I did burpee box jumps and I came in well under the time cap, but dude, it spiked my heart rate hard. Mm-hmm. So I'm not looking forward to that one. For the D ball cleans, do you, what, are, what's the standard there? Like, are you normally throwing it over your shoulder or do you just have to like get it on your shoulders, pause it for a second and then drop it in front of I, you? It's going to depend on what they say. I'm going to make an educated guess because the time cap's 15 minutes. It has to be to your shoulder and you can take it straight back down and do touch and goes if you wanted to. Because yeah. usually, I mean, I've heard it, seen it both ways where they'll say deep ball cleans and you can throw it over your shoulder. But 
I don't think that's the standard. I think the standard is typically you get it to your shoulder full standing and you take it back down. So interesting. I don't know. We shall see. And then, so that's station B and then the final station. So there are five workouts total. So then the fourth workout from minute 40 to 46, they give you a six minute time cap, thousand meter row for time. Boo. Yeah. It's two engine workouts in a row. Yeah, I was, well, think about it though. You get some time. So you have a 15 minute time cap on wad three. That's from 20 to 35 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, um, wad four starts at the 40 minute mark. So assuming you come in under the time cap, let's say you come in at 13 minutes, you're going to have seven minutes to recover before you have to row. Yeah. I don't know. Those rests are always so deceiving to me, right? Like, those rests go by so freaking fast. Well, agreed. Um, like I had a five minute rest between a couple sets of back squats today. And I'd swear, like, I was like, Oh good. Five minutes. That's plenty of rest. And then like, by the time I like look back up, it's like, Oh, I got to go in 10 seconds. <laughs> it's right. like, it just was so fast. So I don't know. I, I won't bank on it feeling good. Um, but it is good that we will have a little bit of rest, but I think what's going to happen there is it's going to trick some people into just absolutely sending it on the thousand meters. And then how much time do we have before the final workout? Well, and so then, um, well, you have none. So you go right into it. So that's the thing. Well, you have a six minute time cap. So let's just say, you know, like from, um, generously four minutes for a thousand minute row It's very generous. Okay. Two minutes per 500. Like that's slow. That would be way slower than you would need to do this, that in a competition. That's what I'm going to do. I'm aiming for four minutes, baby. Well, then you're going to get a two minute break before you do a 12 minute AMRAP. Okay. I mean, what's the final, what's the final workout? I think I like this one. Yeah. 12 minute AMRAP. This one's interesting. I liked this one. Um, I'm sure the scale division I'm in is far different, but it's a 12 minute AMRAP, 11 dumbbell bench, two rope climbs. And then in round one, you do 33 pull-ups. Then you go back into 11 dumbbells, two rope climbs. In round two, you do 22 chest-to-bar. And then you go back through that again. And in round three, it's 11-bar muscle-up. Okay. And if you get into round four, you start over and do pull-ups again. And then back to chest-to-bar. So, I mean, I, you know, from a math standpoint, you're probably not getting into round five. But maybe you will. I don't you know. I don't know. Depends on how good your muscle ups are, I guess. But yeah, I mean, the it'd be interesting to see how heavy the bench is. You know, um, that's I mean, shoot, that's not something that I do very much of. So that might bite me in the butt. It's been a while since I've done rope climbs, but I love rope climbs usually. Um, but I haven't practiced them in probably since last year's quarterfinal workouts. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of new elements for me. I'm, I'm maybe a little nervous, but I've been. I haven't been training hard since August. I've been training hard since uh, a couple of weeks ago, so that's good. But I am feeling pretty good, and good. Uh, I'm excited to use the altitude adjustment to my advantage. I'm going to really bank on that. Well, here's what your break time is going to look like, Ben. So you go zero to six minutes is that front squat. So wherever you make your three-rep max, then you rest until the seven-minute mark. You'll get one minute either way. Mm-hmm. So if you make your last three reps right at the end of six minutes, then you get a minute to transition. But you could, in theory, like there's going to be a warm-up area. So you could warm up almost to your max weight, go out there and, you know, do one three-rep max and then take a break until the seven-minute mark. And then you work for nine minutes 
And then when you're done working the nine minutes, so that'll take you to, what did I say, 16 minutes? Yes, you get a four-minute break going into wad three with a 15-minute time cap. So whenever you finish, you're done. You get the rest of that rest time, and then you don't start again until the 40-minute mark. So these are some generous rest times compared to what you did last year. Didn't last year you only got two minutes in between each section or something? I'm, you know, I'm not 100% sure, but that sounds about right. It does sound like this year there is a little bit more rest generosity. So, I mean, it's still high volume. I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a great time. And then what's great is we get that done on Thursday, right? Yes. And then... And then we have some more fun planned. What what else is happening after the gauntlet? Uh, well, we have the party on Saturday night. Tell me more. Oh, it's going to be great, dude. At uh, Downtown Strength and Conditioning, which is my favorite gym in Miami. It's right down from the venue. Uh, Tupood is sponsoring it. Uh, O2 will be there. I think NOCO is going to be there as well. Um, we're going to have a DJ. We're going to have... Free drinks for everyone, dude. We have we have a really good stocked bar. Pretty excited about that. I am I am so stoked that there's a DJ. Like, <laughs> you dancing because that's where you're gonna find me. Well, of course I'll be dancing because you know I love to dance, Ben. <laughs> I just love to dance. Um, yeah, and we'll have some games athletes there, and you know we'll just be hanging out. Two poot will have our uh, Miami theme merch, and uh, I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. So far, we've had. Over 250 people RSVP. Oh, man. So, That's yeah, it's awesome. Gonna be, it's going to be packed. I'm trying to imagine how we can fit all those people in that space, but uh, the owner swears to me we can. So I, I'm, I'm so stoked for that. I love the people at that gym. Uh, man, that's going to be a great time. So I'm, I'm excited, and I can't wait to – is Dave going to be there from O2? Uh, no, Dave's not making this trip. Okay, but no. someone from O2 will be there. So. Yeah. Their, his whole team will be there. He's just not making this one. Awesome. This is that's the gym you and I met at. I know it is the first wow. time. It's got history full, for us. Full circle, man. This yeah. is the gym that I met you for the very first time in, in person. And it we'd was already met. we'd already was, virtually met. It was an early workout, and I was probably on like two hours of sleep or something like that. But it was a great time. I loved it. There you go. Well, I have two topics I want to talk about. They just popped into my head. Just, just like that, because I didn't plan for this at all, uh, as we usually do. It's like, hey, you want a podcast tonight? Sure, why not? Let's go. Uh, you've been sick, though, right? I did. I got sick for, I would say, it was just before my trip home for Christmas. What'd you get? What'd you have? Uh, I'm not sure, because it, it was over. I was over it and on a plane in like 24 hours, um, because... I know this is a luxury that I have, uh, not having to necessarily report for work and, and I have like a flexible schedule, but basically like I, I felt, I went snowboarding the day before it was my first day on the mountain with a lot of powder. It was awesome. And I like, I started like, I had like a kind of like a tickle in my throat and like felt a little achy and I was like, mm, I don't know. And then I still remember like that night I like had a cough just like one or two coughs, but it was like that sick cough. You know what I'm talking about? Like where you're like, I don't know, it almost like tastes sick for whatever reason. It's like, Ooh, this isn't good. Um, woke up the next morning and I was supposed to be on a flight at like five 30 in the morning. I woke up to go catch my flight 
took my temperature, had a fever, and then I immediately like went to my computer, canceled my flight, um, and just texted my parents because my parents were going to go pick me up from the airport. And I was like, hey, guys, woke up with a fever, feel like crap. I'm going to sleep the rest of the day. I'll When I wake up, I'll be in touch and we'll, you know, hopefully I'll be able to come home um, within the next few days. So I literally went back to bed and I slept until I think 3 or 4 p.m. I'm, I'm very lucky in a sense that like when I'm feeling run down at all, I can sleep on demand for essentially as long as I want because my room is completely blacked out. I put in earplugs. I have like my bed jet air conditioner and I'm just like I can sleep forever. My dogs never bother me. They're, they're cool just chilling. And uh, and yeah, I was able I think I slept for it was probably like 18 hours in a 24 hour period. And by the next morning I woke up and I felt like 95% didn't have a fever. I only had that fever once in the very, that one morning I checked my fever a few times, never had a fever, felt great the next day. And then that, I think that night or the next morning, I forget exactly. I flew home and totally fine. So Mm -hmm. like, thanks to being able to just drink as much water as I could stomach with some electrolytes in it and sleep for 18 out of 24 hours. Um, I recovered immediately. So I was very lucky with that. Look at you with your strong immune system too, dude. I got sick. I was down for the count for like 10 days. Yeah. I mean, you probably, you might've had something a little bit harder or different, but yeah, I, I was very thankful that I didn't end up like you because I remember we talked a couple of times. We had a couple podcasts planned. You're like, Hey man, I'm, I'm toast. Um, so talk to me. What, how did you deal with it? Did you, you know, I pounded a lot. I've yeah. sent a lot of text messages to my coaches whining about how I just ruined all of my training. Um, <laughs> it's funny, you know, first of all, I was really sick, dude. I had a fever for like seven or eight days, would not go away. Doctor put me in antibiotics that like knocked it out for a day and the fever came back. Mm. Terrible congestion, nausea, like any symptom yeah. you could have, I had. I got tested for everything, tested negative for everything. Um and then, you know, I, once the fever broke, um, I started to feel, you know, kind of progressively better over like a two or three day period. Um, I literally just got over the congestion, though, like maybe three days ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it hung on forever. Uh, and I still have like kind of a very slight cough, but I'm not convinced that not that isn't just how CrossFit makes me feel when I'm done with the workout. So I'm not really blaming, not really blaming that on the illness. Um. The hard part for me, though, was like, you know, getting through that, you know, kind of week and a half or two week period mentally of not being able to work out like I physically couldn't. I had no energy. Same as you, like sleeping, you know, 10 hours a day. You know, it was just um, it was tough mentally and emotionally after putting in all this work for, you know, kind of three months, you know, three and a half months leading into Waterpalooza. And then right at the very end to get sick. I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. going to lose all my gains in two weeks, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And Um, it's it's interesting, John, because I get a lot of I've gotten quite a bit of messages about this. So I think it's a really good topic. But I think a lot of times bouncing back from sickness is almost more of a mental struggle than it is a physical struggle, because I've had so many people message me that, you know, even this year, like, hey, got COVID. Um, It's been two weeks and I still am, you know, I feel terrible at the gym. What should I do? And the, the answer is just like, just let it like, take your time, right? Don't rush back into it. Don't try to force yourself to like, you know, be right back to a hundred percent. It's like, have some, 
compassion on your body, your body went through some serious trauma and will will naturally with sleep and, and hydration and you know decent nutrition habits, naturally you're gonna get right back to where you left off. The amount of strength that you lose from completely taking off for two weeks is so small that I think a lot of people overestimate. It's like if you don't work out for two weeks, people are like, oh man, I'm I'm gonna be so out of shape. Right. And but the actual I, I can't quote the science, but I, I do remember seeing a study posted um, by a PhD that I follow on Instagram. That's like your strength gains from two weeks of complete sedentary activity. Your strength loss is like like less than one percent or something like that. Like it's really not that much because um, your muscles. It takes a little while for your muscles to like truly atrophy. Um, the only exception would be if you like didn't eat a single calorie for two weeks. Yeah, you probably would have lost some weight. Right. But um, but it's really I think people mentally overestimate and they get all worked up that they're not back to feeling 100 percent. But if you have a little bit of patience and you just like stick to the fundamentals of hydration, sleep and probably avoiding alcohol and just like push yourself to the limit that your body will allow without overdoing it. And then naturally you're going to you're going to be back to 100 percent. I'll tell you what I did. Um, I didn't lose any strength. I was very pleased with that. Um, What I ended up doing was I focused on, I focused on sleep. So like kind of the week, you know, I slept while I was sick, like you have to, but when I came back, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna put an extra emphasis on sleep. Like I'm not getting out of bed till like eight 30, you know, and I'm going to bed early. So I started going to bed at like eight 30 or nine at night. And I wasn't getting out of bed until eight o'clock. Like I was getting a full 10 to 12 hours. Every that makes night. such a huge difference for that recovery. Oh, it was, it was monstrous for me, uh, you know, just to get that time. And then the second thing I did, you know, I talk on here all the time about uh, how I'm such a proponent of tracking and measuring. And so what I decided to do in my workouts for the kind of the first week back was I was like, all right, I'm not going to have any intensity. I'm only going to work for volume and scaling and get work in. But what I'm not going to do is go do Fran or, you know, like push myself to that red line. But what I will do as if I'm not working to intensity is I'm going to closely measure my heart rate to see how it compares to previous workouts. And because I had that previous data, I was able to go back and look and see, and, and my heart rate was higher, like significantly higher where I would normally be working at, you know, like a working heart rate for me, in zone two is like 125, 135 beats per minute. Like I had pretty decent cardio. I can ride a bike for a long period of time. I would get on my C2 bike and do that same pace, but I'd find my heart rate at 145 to 155, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's why it was important to really dial back the intensity because you, you know, you, you go in and like, and just wreck yourself all that rest you're getting at night. Like you're really, you're hurting it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, and it was important for me too, to be able to continue the work and like get in some volume and see how things felt. And so that was important. And then kind of the third takeaway from being sick, my shoulders better. I got, I got two weeks out of the gym and all of a sudden yes. like that shoulder pain, just like that gone. I'm like, damn, maybe there's something to this rested stuff. I should imagine that reducing volume causes to heal. It's crazy. It's almost uh, like CJ was right this whole time. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to give CJ credit for that. Uh, it was funny though. Like I got back first week and, and Jen and Tom were like, how do you feel? I'm like, well, my shoulder feels brand new and my wrist problems I've been having totally gone. 
ankle problems gone, you know, like all those little tweaks I'd had two weeks out fixed it. So I, you know, I think that's one thing I'm going to carry over into this year is like, I need to find, you know, like when I start to feel tweaky, I need to take some time off and let, let nature heal it. You know, what's crazy is, um, uh, I know CJ and Joe again, both, you know, DPTs, so doctors of physical therapy, um, they've kind of told me about a few studies and a few, you know, I guess pieces of evidence that suggest a lot of times the surgery that people get to like, let's say repair something. There's oftentimes like, it's hard to tell whether the surgery, you know, fixed it or the forced rest of, you know, three to four months with physical therapy fixed it. Right. Right. So that forced rest a lot of times can, can do a lot, but unless people have surgery, a lot of times they're not willing to actually take those months off. So it's just an interesting thing. I'm not saying that surgery doesn't actually fix broken and, you know, completely torn things, but it certainly is something to, to try is like take some serious rest, um, back the volume off tremendously and see, see how the healing goes. And it's really good to, to hear that you're, you're feeling good. It's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've done more high volume workouts since I've been back in the gym and I've continued to do kind of my gauntlet training. I've yet though, to really push the red line on anything. Mm-hmm. And so I have a couple of gauntlet prep sessions scheduled for this week where I will likely do that. I need to push the row a little bit, see how it feels. Um, and I've done a couple of little sprints here and there, but nothing like nothing like you would experience during the open. Like I'm still just trying to let my body fully recover before I get to Miami and trust that, you know, the four months prior to the illness had me ready to go. It will. It certainly will. You've built some capacity. Um, I wanted to mention like one thing that was really beneficial for me is a lot of times I, I don't know if you've experienced this, John, like where you, you, you think you might be getting sick, but also you're like, ah, it's probably just in my head. You know, like, ah, I'm, I'm probably just making it up. What was so cool is I, I kind of had that feeling where I was like, mm, that, that cough was sick feeling. Right. And I feel kind of achy, but like, I don't know, I'm, I'm probably not actually sick. Like I'm fine. When I woke up the next morning and I checked my aura ring. So I wear that, that tracking device yeah. on my finger. Um, when I checked my aura ring immediately, I was like, there is scientific proof that I am sick. It was crazy that the day before, like I had like my standard resting heart rate of, of around 50 beats per minute. My HRV was, you know, 75 or something like that. And, you know, so I just had normal numbers. Uh, my, my breaths per minute was you know, 17 or something like that. Woke up the next morning to go on this flight, you know, had a fever. And I was like, all right, let me double check. Cause I had the thermometer I think is broken, but whatever. I had a fever but it was a very, very small fever. And I was like, all right, let me check my aura ring. And I checked and it was like resting heart rate was 73. Um, HRV was like 21. And then it gave me like a crazy low recovery score. My respiratory rate was like 20 breaths per minute. And it's like all stuff that I never would have really noticed if it wasn't for this data. And I looked at the data and immediately it was like cancel flight. Like, because I knew it's like I had this data to back up the fact that I was sick. What's so (laughs) interesting is that um, I actually talked to one of the marketing managers at Aura that I met at the Forging Youth Resilience Camp over the summer. He was like, we've had so many instances of people predicting sickness because their their metrics will be off. 
but they don't feel sick, but they're like, uh Oh, like something's wrong here. And then sure enough, like that day or the next day is when right. they actually feel the symptoms. So it's just very, very interesting. Um, so that is, you know, it doesn't matter what tracking device you have. It can be a, a Apple watch, Garmin watch, a aura ring, a whoop, whatever. But as long, if you have something that tracks your data and you at least have a baseline, when you see that resting heart rate skyrocket and the HRV drop and your respiratory rate skyrocket, you're like, oh, snap, I'm sick. And that was really good to have that confidence that it's like, you know what, I'm going to cancel this and I'm going to sleep as much as I possibly can today to shake it. Dude, I uh, I don't want to be sick again anytime soon. I just really started adding a bunch of citrus into my diet and, uh, you know, increasing the vitamin C, uh, lots of pineapple, lots of oranges. I'm going to be all citrus stuff for Miami, dude. I'm going <laughs> to smell like a fruit basket. You won't have scurvy. I'm really proud of you. I will definitely not have scurvy. That's uh, That's for sure. So... Yeah, no, that's good stuff, dude. Uh, New year. So what are your, any resolutions? What are you carrying over into 2023? I'm not a huge resolution guy. Um, And I don't know why. I think it's, it's mainly because I, I don't want to feel the need to change things because it's just a new year. Um, I guess I've, I've mainly done like more like, personal review stuff around my birthday, which is in March than I do for like the new year. But if there's one thing I've noticed in the last, honestly, like couple months, it's, I feel, I feel a lot better about myself and also physically and, and with exercise because I have this gauntlet, right? The gauntlet is, you know, not something I really care about. It's, you know, more for fun, but at the same time, it's like, I know there's going to be people there watching I do have a, a maybe a name to live up to, or I want to represent Wad Prep well. You're worried I'm going to beat you. There's that. I'm worried, John. Old old man John here is going to beat me in all the all the workouts, and just having that little bit of pressure has helped me do the workout rather than skip it. And I'll give you an example. It was like Christmas Day actually, and my flight had gotten canceled just because I was on Southwest, so I had that whole disaster happened. Um, but it was, it was actually Christmas Eve. Um, and like my whole family had plans with other people because they didn't think I was going to be in town. So I was just kind of like alone at my brother's house and he has a, a pretty sweet gym set up in his basement. And I was just like, you know what? It's Christmas Eve. I could like, I kind of want to go home with mom and dad and eat snickerdoodles and watch a Christmas movie. But I was like, you know what? I'm sick and tired of watching all these people with these 12 days of Christmas workouts. And it's like making me feel like crap because I haven't done anything. So I just made up my own 12 days of Christmas workout and I crushed it in the basement and I felt fantastic afterwards. And I was like, man, why, why so often during the year do I always choose the man, whatever, I'll skip it rather than the, you know what, I'm going to do the workout instead. There's a lot of times where I tend to do the rest and or play or something else. And I realized the only reason that I like chose to do that workout on a day where most people don't work out or, you know, it's, it's literally Christmas Eve at like 7 PM or something like that. Like most people are resting. And it was just because I was like, you know what? If I don't work out, I probably won't work out tomorrow and maybe not the next day because I'm traveling. And I have this gauntlet and I have absolutely no reason not to work out other than it's Christmas Eve and maybe I don't want to, I'm going to do it. So just having that, that little bit of pressure, that little bit of like, I would say like positive anxiety, those butterflies where I'm like, man, like if 
I don't work out, I know I'm going to, it's going to hit me in the face when all this cardio pops up in the, in the gauntlet. So I'm going to, you know, just chip away at that stone or, or you know, take one step in the right direction and, and hit a workout. Doesn't, I don't have to push myself too hard. I just want to do it. And it turned into me pushing myself really hard and feeling fantastic. And um, so I guess the moral of this long meandering story is I, this year I want to do more. I want to do more things that or register for more things that keep me accountable to my training. Like elk season is a really big one. If you're not in shape for elk season, you're going to get your butt kicked. So there's something in September that's going to keep me fit, you know, at least a couple months leading into September. But I probably need something maybe after the open, um, in between hunting season and the open to register for like some sort of challenge, some sort of race, something that like kind of gets my butt off that couch and gets me to take action rather than taking the easy road. Um, so that was like a, a huge aha moment for me. Where it's like, you know what? I do need to register for more things, maybe not full blown competitions that get me all fired up and anxious and having to win and stuff like that. But just something that, that makes me want to train and have a reason to train. Um, that was a big realization for me. So more, more competition or events. I like that. See, Bruce said in the comments, you asked yourself, WWJD, what would John do? What would John do? What would John do? John's not as fit as you, so I'm not sure any of that applies. <laughs> but, uh, no, I like that. You know, I think being prepared um, and, and giving yourself like, you know, it's kind of the, the option to do these short-term goals, you know, like the, what's interesting, what's been coming up for me lately is like, now that I've been training for Wadapalooza, I've been asked to do a lot of competitions. Like people know I'm doing it. So now they just assume I like to compete, which I don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, but I do like having the ability to know that if I wanted to say, yes, I could. And to your point, like having things to be ready for, you know, I've got the Arnold coming up uh, in March, which is, it's just a trip, but you know, there'd be a lot of fitness going on around there. So that'll be, you know, I want to be in shape for that. The opens coming up, got to be ready for that. Um, you know, semis going to be in Orlando this year. And when you're in Florida, you got to be fit, you know? So, you know, it's kind of the same thing, like thinking of the, when, when are those short-term things coming up and will you be ready for it? And, and being able to compound your training to be prepared. I think it's a, that's a cool short-term goal, dude. I like it's, that. Just, it's just like these, just having like something that you've, you've committed a little money to, um, and now I, I kind of realize why it's probably why a lot of people do like fun runs and races yeah. and marathons. It's like just having that thing in the future that puts that little bit of pressure on you. Cause I, I tend not to like that pressure, like that right. anxiety, because it, as a perfectionist or a very type A person, I'm just like, well, now I got to go 100% into right. it. But just having a little bit of that positive pressure pushes me in the direction of training. Um, and I saw with one of my, my, best friend Gary, he, uh, ran the Leadville marathon, which is basically the, one of the hardest marathons in the world. Cause it's at like 11,000 feet of elevation uh, in Leadville, Colorado. And the altitude, you know, the elevation gain during the race is something atrocious. But I remember like we, we did some traveling together and it was like, you know, 5 PM in Texas in the summer. And it's hot as Hades out there. And he's like, Hey man, I got to run 15 miles. And I'm like, what? Like, and, good he did. and he ran 15 freaking miles when I just sat on the couch and like, you know, like read a book or something. But the, why did he do it? He wouldn't have done that if he didn't have that level marathon coming up, but he yeah. did it, got it done. And it's like, I, I see stuff like that and I realize, you know what? I think that's what I'm missing a lot of times when I'm in these training ruts. It's I like don't have something that 
is like putting that like positive pressure on me to do it. Because for me, the why of just like, I want to stay in shape. Well, like for me, I can skip a lot of workouts and and stay in pretty good shape, stay in in like a relative amount of like very healthy and very much in shape. But to me, that standard is I want to be above that standard. Like I want to be really fit. And having having something that's putting that pressure on me is I think actually a good thing. So that's that's a huge aha for me. So I might register for some more fun competitions uh, after we'll see how the gauntlet goes. Yeah, you'll do great. I um I don't know if I'm doing any resolutions this year. I had my aha came during this training for the gauntlet. You know, when I approached Jen and Tom and and asked them to, you know, take me on as a client and to give me nutrition coaching, I I started to learn over the last four months, different way, you know, different ways of eating and fueling my body for workouts and the supplements I'm taking and like really kind of experimenting with all these things. Mm -hmm. And what I found over that time was I didn't lose a lot of weight, but I lost a lot of body fat. Like my body comp changed quite a bit. And, and so I've started thinking of it in terms of, you know, I've been preparing for Wadapalooza to do this, but what would happen if I did it for a full year, Mm. not training for the gauntlet, you know, but what, what would my body comp become if this just became my lifestyle, which I really think is what CrossFit's all about. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not that I have, you know, it's not like I've never known that, but I've kind of, I've bounced from nutrition plan to nutrition plan, like a lot of CrossFitters. I mean, I've done them all, you know, paleo, keto, you know, Mediterranean, like zone, like everything that CrossFit's ever thrown out there, I've tried at some point. Um, and I think what this has taught me is just, you know, m- maybe a, a healthier way to view fueling my body for the workouts and really focusing on the things that matter for me. And if I can get some consistency instead of saying, all right, I'm going to train for this for three months, then I'm going to go back to doing whatever I want. Instead of saying that and saying, all right, for the next 10 years, I'm going to do this, Mm. you know, like quit thinking in terms of small blocks, quarter one, quarter two, three or four, and start thinking of terms of decades. Mm. You know, it's kind of like all these stupid guitars that are in this room with me. You know, if I said to you, all right, take one of the guitars home with you, Ben, learn a song, come back in two weeks. I'm going to see how good you are. You're not going to be very good when you come back or, you know, you're not, you don't have enough time to learn anything. But if I said, take one and come back in a decade, how good could you be after 10 years? Mm, yeah and it's and so for me that's the aha for this year is like you know what maybe i just i just need more consistency Mm. i just need to keep on keeping on i want to have more fun you know quit focusing on the things that are broken and start having some fun you know and and somewhere along the way i do want to the other thing i have learned kind of over the last four months is we've spent a lot of time focusing on weaknesses and that actually has been a lot of fun Oh yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't like that. (laughs) Well, I mean, like part of it sucks, you know, like part of that weakness is you got to be better on the assault bike. All right. Well, that's not a lot of fun, you know, but I can look back and measure it and go, it wasn't fun, but I got better, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have been working on things I don't traditionally get to do in workouts like D ball or ski erg or GHDs or heavy drag ropes. Like, you know, that's kind of new and exciting and trying to, even yesterday I'm using the heavy uh, drag rope. And I'm flailing that thing like an idiot. Like, I just look stupid, you know? And all these memories started coming back to when I was learning double unders a decade ago. And how long that took me and how hard it was. And I'm like, this is actually, it's kind of cool. 
you know, something new, something different. Like you should always be learning something. And I think if I can carry those lessons over into 2023, it'll be a more fun year for me. And I'll spend less time doing what I notoriously do, which is scrolling through Instagram, looking at all these fit people with abs going, Oh, I wish I looked like that person. Mm. Why, why am I not as fit as this person? You know, and instead just be happy with who I am and what yeah. I'm doing. You know, I like that. I like that a lot. I think um, <clears throat> there's something to the, the novelty of like learning something new. Like that's what has attracted me to hunting so much. It's like I had zero experience and then had to learn how to shoot a bow and had to learn, like, I just like went from absolutely zero knowledge of anything. And the newness of it all was so exciting. And then like, when you actually start to get good at it, it's like, wow, this is fun. And for me personally in CrossFit, unless I, you know, set my sights on like competing in the master's division once I turn 35 or like, like unless I set myself up for like lots of competitive pressure, I don't really have many new things to learn in CrossFit. So that's what like, you know, I might try to be more consistent, but I might actually try like a new sport. Like I'm really interested in potentially going to a BJJ gym and like trying to get some cardio in that way, because I've gone to one class and I left absolutely destroyed soreness that I've never could have even imagined and I was exhausted and I was like, whoa, this is different. This is a different kind of fitness. And I would love to stack that with, with CrossFit. Um, so I think it's, it's a really, really good thing to notice that like, if you're, if you're just in a rut or like if everything is the same and you're bored with it, try to shake the snow globe a little bit and, and, and find what's something new that you can learn, whether that's a skill within CrossFit, that's a, a great way to do it. And that's kind of what Watt Prep's all about is helping people get better at those skills. Or maybe it's finding a sport that your CrossFit helps enhance, whether it's BJJ or pickleball or basketball or, you know, or backcountry snowboarding or really anything. There's just, there's so many things that can carry over from CrossFit into other sports or, or you can use CrossFit as the sport. How badass would you look with cauliflower ear from jujitsu? Dude, I'm, I kind of want that. I think you, I think you should do it. Like now I've like, now I've like, I see some people and I'm like, yo, that dude could just, that dude could kill me immediately. I don't know shit about jujitsu, but I, I saw a guy talking about it. Uh, and it was in, it was interesting enough to watch. And he basically said, if you're going to do jujitsu, the people that, that are good at it are people that are comfortable with failure. Mm. Yes. And I thought that was a really interesting concept because I think CrossFit's a lot like that. Like if you're going to get, you know, succeed or, or improve at CrossFit, you have to be really comfortable <laughs> with screwing up a lot and making a lot of mistakes and not winning and, and all the failure that comes with it, you know? So yeah. you should do it. You'd be, I mean, you've got that, you have the right mindset for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, it's, it's one of those things where uh, I have a few friends in my life where if they tell me I need to try something, I'll trust them. Right. I don't know if you have any friends like that where they're like, John, you got to try this. I guarantee you'll like yeah. it. That's what Gary did with uh, with hunting for me. And then I have a couple other friends and Gary who are like, you got to try jujitsu. Like that's the next thing for you. And be careful because you'll be addicted to it. So I want you to try it, but just because I want to see you get your ass kicked. That's all. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, may, I'll definitely try to get some video of like a, a guy who weighs 50 pounds less than me, just, you know, twisting me into a pretzel and me crying. No, I think that's, it's good to get out and test your fitness and other things. You know, people, 
think hunting is easy. You know, the hunting analogy is a really good analogy because you, you know, people that you see deer, for instance, like for those of us that have them within city limits, like I have deer in my yard every day, like half a dozen any day of the week. And I'm bucks, like big deer, you know, they have no predators. Right. So I can literally walk out on the back porch and they'll just look at me and they won't run away. They'll just meander around. Right. Deer that have predators in the woods are a far different animal and so much harder to get close. Like you're lucky to get close to them. If they can't smell you or see you, you're really good at what you're doing Yeah. You know, or hear you. Um, and people don't, don't understand that necessarily, you know? So I think your analogy of, you know, comparing it to the other hard things you're talking about here is a really, um, you know, really interesting way to put it. Cause I, I feel the same way at CrossFit. Like I watched people do that stupid heavy rope and thought, Oh, that looks easy. I'm going to go out and do 10. Just like that. I literally picked up the rope going, I'm about to do 10. Like in my mind, I'm like, this is about to happen. And the first one failed and was like, looking around, I'm like, <laughs> what just happened? And Jen looks at me just laughing because she knew it was going to, you know, yeah. she, you know, she's done it before. That's how I felt with the double under crossover. I was like, you know, I like, I even was bold enough to record on for YouTube. I recorded a video of me doing double under crossovers for the first time. And like, you know, I was convinced I'd be able to learn it pretty quickly. And it took a lot longer than I wanted it to, but I like kept myself accountable. I, I kept rolling and then eventually I was able to get a few on video, but it was like, holy crap, these are way harder than I ever expected. Um, Cause I thought I was just gonna be able to pick it up. Like I did a lot of other things in CrossFit, but I was very wrong. So uh, finding new things to try is a great way to, to spark that excitement and, and get some focus because I think what happens is you can see progress a lot quicker. So like if you haven't PR to back squat in five years, it's like, well, okay, back squat. I like lifting heavy, but like, it's nice to hit new records and new PRs. So one of the best hacks to do that is like, try something you've never tried because if with a little bit of practice and a little bit of focus, then all of a sudden you're just going to see some pretty big, big beginner gains. Right. All right. Last, last thing, since we haven't had a chance to catch up, you going to semis, you see, they're going to be in Orlando and there's I, another one out on the West coast. You going to either one. Tell me more about them. What are the dates? I, I know nothing. <laughs> Well, I don't have the dates off the top of my head, but they're in back-to-back weekends, basically. So I can only pick one. I'm going to Orlando. Okay. They've got one in Orlando. The other one is in Pasadena, I think. Okay. Uh, Roughly the dates at all? Middle of May. Okay. All right. Yeah. So got to pick which one you want to go to. I I was like a little, uh, I don't know. Like I was really had a hard time deciding. Do I want, you know, Pasadena's cool. California's cool state. But if I go to Orlando, I could take my daughters and then go party. And then during the day while I'm at the CrossFit stuff, and then we'll meet up somewhere and, and, uh, hang out, you know? Yeah. I have no idea. I'll have to, uh, check. It'll probably just come down to schedule. I'll probably try to make one. Um, although May is turkey hunting season, so mm. I have some turkeys, but, uh, I'll try to make it to one for sure. Just cause I, I love going to the events and having a good time and, and catching up with people. So, uh, Obviously, if you'll be in Orlando, then it's a clear choice to go to California. <laughs> well, it's closer for you. That's, <laughs> that is the one thing. It is closer. It's, they're, but that's what I love about living in Denver is like everything's pretty close. Like it's yeah. very difficult for me to have a flight that's longer than like three or four hours because it's just hopping around. How much are you, are you bringing the entire wide prep team to to Miami? Nope, nope. Uh, we're, we focus our – I've decided for the wide prep wallet – and for just logistics, Miami's difficult to have a team retreat. 
Um, yes, we rented a mansion in years past and it was ridiculously expensive. And, but then like just getting back and forth to the venue, like Ubering, cause there's not much parking. Like, it's just like, That's it was nice. frustrating. So this time I just have like a small Airbnb. Um, it's just me going. And then I think, you know, Savannah's going from the team, uh, and that's, I think, the only wild preppers that'll be there. And then just some other friends are coming in town. And I'm just going for, for purely for fun and watching with no, like, I'm not trying to do a seminar of any sort, which I've always tried to force in years past. It's just I'm there for fun, do the gauntlet, and obviously to go to the party. You're not going to teach that double under course again like you did last time? That was fun. Yeah. The, I mean, the double under seminars have been great. It's just, it's difficult to, well, like last time we had to cancel. We had two seminars on up. Both of them got canceled because of rain. Um, and then like the year before it was just like, it was great and I loved it, but it was just, it was very difficult to get space on the floor. Like it's just, it's logistically kind of a nightmare. So I think this year we're just taking it easy. If, if someone wants me to hop in on a seminar that they're giving, like I'd be happy to for fun, but, uh, I just, I'm taking a little bit of pressure off myself. Well, this time. I want, I want you to give a dancing seminar at the party because I oh. saw that video of you dancing over new year's. And, I, it's uh, not going to be a seminar. It's going to be a clinic. Is it a clinic? A clinic. Are you going to bring the glasses in the hoodie? Like, yeah, I don't know. Actually, now that I think about it. Yes. I'm bringing the glasses. I'm, I'm really hopeful to see. I had three sets of glasses, actually. We, we have like three photographers lined up for this thing. So there will absolutely be evidence that this went down. Fantastic. I'm bringing them. I'm bringing them. I'm going to bring them out at the right time. Um, I'm so excited. I, <laughs> I yes. can't even put into words. If there's a Miami DJ there, I'm sure it's going to be my kind of music. It'll be bumping. And then, of course, I'll try to go to the after party and then the after after party, um, which is the most important thing about Wadapalooza on Sunday night. And it's going to be a great time. I just love hanging out with people. Dude, Jessica, who is the owner of downtown strength and conditioning has put this whole party together for me. Like I reached out to her a couple months ago when I had the idea and I'm like, Hey, I'd like to do this. Can I use your space? You know, cause I've known her for years and she's like, absolutely. Just, you know, get back to me when we get closer. And so I message her. I'm like, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. Let me send you some money. Let's like get it set up. Dude, she went all in. Like before I even had even like responded to her message, she had hired a DJ. She'd gone to the liquor store. She had this thing all planned out. I'm like, you are insane. I just love her. She's the best. So I'm so pumped. I'm so pumped. It's going to be so much fun, dude. And I get to meet, you know, people, Bruce, who's in the chat uh, is from there. And so I get to meet Bruce and, you know, all these people I chat with online all the time. So I'm really excited. To- Sweet. My goal is to try to play pickleball. I'm going to try to play pickleball. I know there's some games athletes that enjoy pickleball. So maybe, just maybe, I can beat some games athletes in pickleball. All right. Well, we'll see if we can set that up for you. Yeah, we'll try to set it up. We'll make it happen. All right. Been fun catching up, bro. I'm excited to – we'll probably have one more episode before uh, Waterpalooza, but I'm excited to finally – Get some time with you in person. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I'm excited. And uh, for everyone listening and or watching, uh, don't be shy. Come say hi, Wadapalooza. I'll be wearing some ridiculous tank top, most likely, um, and just roaming around and uh, probably with a margarita in my hand because margaritas are, are all about Miami for me. Uh, the fact you even will have a shirt on is a miracle. So. <laughs> Be good stuff. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys joining tonight. Uh, We'll chat with you guys next week. If you end up in Miami, come to our party. It's going to be Saturday night, downtown strength and conditioning, 7 to 10 p.m. You guys take care. Peace.